fascinating. This probably speaks to a challenge too, which is that, you know, a lot of people who might have been business analysts or project managers now see that the holy grail um, could be a product role because product is now, mm -hmm. you know, a decade ago, a product manager was somebody who figured out the wording on the back of the cornflakes packet. And, you know, here's where you call for, you know, call for consumer care. Now the product role is really a, cent a central part of the success with a customer and, a, you know, a real pivotal thing. So a lot of people are running into that. But it sounds like what you're saying is they're bringing some baggage from their previous roles, whereas really they need to strip back and actually say, well, what is a pro? what does a product role really look like? And right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed that with some of my team members at Zip. I think uh, when I explain what a great product team looks like, I think most people are, uh, I'm fortunate that, and the reason I joined Zip is that it is already a pretty strong product culture and, and uh -huh. lists, you know, it's been set up pretty well and I don't feel like I'm, um, I'm trying to change something that, um, you know, from, from a different kind of culture. Um, but I definitely do notice, like, for instance, I've noticed that some PMs um, talk to me often about why they need a BA on the team or why they need an analyst dedicated or why they need a product marketer dedicated to them. And I resist. And we do end up in some pretty heated debates on it. Um, but, you know, I'll, I guess simplistically, I would say um, I talked about that product, that product triad concept of a, of, a, of an engineering lead and a product manager and a designer. And I just haven't seen any problems that that triad can't solve. And so the mm -hmm. idea that you would need to get dedicated folks from different roles to do that, to me, um, I tend to use fairly harsh words, like I just don't think you're doing your job. If you, <laughs> you can't. Between those three people, if you can't figure that out, I just, if you need an analyst to kind of understand the requirements of your platform, I don't know what you're doing as a mm -hmm. PM and tech lead. So. Um, and so, yeah, I've had some, I've had to kind of, um, I think, uh, challenge some of that thinking for sure. That doesn't mean that a, a strong, uh, BA can't be a, can't transition to, into a good PM role or that a good project manager can't transition into a, into being a strong PM as well. Um, is there some baggage there potentially? Because I think in a, in a, in a, a modern product concept, product team um, approach that the, the shuffling of duties around uh, between the team lead and the product manager is a little unconventional to the way you might see a, um, you know, a traditional project team work. Yeah. 20, I think you said 25 people in product, uh, 150 or so in engineering. So that's one, yep. one to seven ish, yep. I guess. Yep. Is that right? Um, anyway. Um, about that, about that. Yeah. And then, um, and then durable teams. So given that the product team has probably got a bunch of sort of you know, like a management layer in there, does that mean you've got like 15, 15 durable teams operating at the same time? Yeah, it's about uh, right now about 12 durable teams. Right. Yeah. And yeah. in my product team is designers and UX. So there was some double up in the counting there. So uh, I think I, I think maybe um, give or take 15 dedicated product managers right, right. of all different of all different seniority levels and all different capabilities and skill sets as well. Um, all product managers are not created equal. Well, as Monty Python used to say, that's bloody luxury. <laughs> you know, well, how do you how do you translate that back to like a smaller a smaller startup that's perhaps got some product market fit and they're still sort of being dragged 
in many different directions. How would you, given your fifth finger experience, how would you kind of like, uh, you know, think about think about durability and 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 stuff like that, tribes or whatever, you know, just when you really when when you really are wearing forty different hats, you know. Mm. Yeah. I think it scales perfectly well. I, I think um, the idea of having, I mean, when you think about a startup, normally you, you've got a, a hacker, a hustler, and a designer, right? So um, that's not unconventional way to start a startup. And sometimes the designer will um, be a freelancer or um, uh, sometimes it's a, a hacker and they've kind of got to go recruit um, someone to do this, the sales side. Um, I, I think, uh, so I think that is a, a very uh, common organizing unit for, for a smaller business. And it does scale really well to just kind of keep splitting the problem down and scaling uh, that up into a bigger company. It's the surface area. So what happens as a startup, you're supposed to have a smaller surface area. You're, you're kind of working on that nugget that really matters. And, and then you start to bolt on different things. So again, it comes back to focus. It's like, yeah. if you're going to build this other project, you, you know, it's, it's going to divide and conquer you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's always it's dangerous to. So, from a product perspective, particularly as a small team, considering new features or considering new product lines is like one of the most dangerous things you can do. It's a challenge for sure. If it's not, if there's not a strong overlap with either the customers that you're meeting on a daily basis and the problems that they face, um, it's it's a it's a real danger to introduce a new problem into an existing team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So you've got you've got your teams. Um, we had a chat on chat on Sunday, and I said, "What do you think? Of, you know, what do your roadmaps look like?" And you had a response. I said, "We don't have roadmaps," and you were shocked. Right? <laughs> I was delighted. Um, you were delighted. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, give, I, us the, give us this. Give us the the good oil here. <laughs> um. I think I, I guess it goes back to that startup. Like if you were if you were um, four people in a room in a startup and 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 you were running really hard on a problem, would you build a roadmap for what you were doing? You wouldn't, right? You'd 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 want to know really clearly what objectives you're trying to resolve, what objectives you're trying to uh, accomplish, and what problems you're trying to solve. Um, you'd be laser focused on trying to focus, uh, laser focused on trying to, to solve them. And you'd organize around that. And the, the only time you might make a roadmap is if a VC asks you, what's the plan ahead? <laughs> and so you, you might go cobble one together on an ad hoc basis and do it. And so I see a scaled product organization no different. Why, why would I force my PMs to tell me what they're going to do in six months when they're, they're going to learn something tomorrow that might dramatically change their outlook on what they should do? Right. So it goes anathema to the idea that... Um, a product. So I guess my organizing principles, we just went through, we do quarterly product planning cycle. Uh, all 12 of those product teams presented yesterday to um, a, a group that I've organized called our product council. And we, we predominantly focused around their objectives and key results. So we, we had a lot of time debating what, what this team should be trying to solve. I'm really proud to have gotten to that point over the course of a couple of quarters because when I joined, the company was very focused on what initiative they were going to deliver, what um, feature they were going to deliver without kind of just answering those more fundamental um, objective questions. And so 
by focusing on OKRs, objectives and key results, oh, okay. we've kind of forced the team to kind of really understand what they want to get done by the end of June. And we forced the executives and the product council to align around that as well. And there was a listed set of initiatives that they'd gone and done sizing on to understand how they might deliver that. There was a lot of research that had gone into it from a customer perspective as well about why that was a good problem to solve. Um, and and they, they know, those each of those teams know that if they go to deliver a feature and they're working on that feature and, and as they test it with customers, they might only be halfway through um, design and, and um, development and they're testing it with customers and, and realize it's just not going to get them there. It's not going to get them to their, to their, um, their OKR then they, they have free autonomy to abandon that feature and move to the next most promising feature. Um, and so it's through that lens of crafting and curating a backlog of things that they're gonna work on and that they're testing all the time to try to hit these objectives. That means that a roadmap feels fairly um, pointless. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't have um, people in the company asking for it. And uh, there have been some people asked for a roadmap, and, and there are certainly our features. Uh, there are certainly our features that our um, uh, our partners, our, our customers need deadlines for to be able to integrate to. So there are times where deadlines are critically important. Um, but yeah, OKRs and and uh, backlogs is our primary organizing mechanism rather than roadmaps. And and it is guided by a company strategy as well. So both the company strategy, there's a product strategy. So there is other um, higher level objectives and inputs that we're, that we're considering um, that helps guide the, the initiatives that, and the objectives that they're trying to accomplish. I mentioned earlier that our mission is to become an everyday payments provider. That is an overarching North Star for us that um, does provide a pretty strong filter for the things that we consider to be valuable and important.